Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 11. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. And this is easy to remember. Listen, this is, here's an acrostic for you. An acrostic. Ask. A-S-K. An acrostic. Jesus says, ask, A, seek, S, K, knock. Ask. There's an acrostic for you. Here's another one for you. Grace. G-R-A-C-E. Don't you love grace? Four people love grace. Don't you love grace? G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. Here's another one for you. Faith, F-A-I-T-H, forsaking all, I take him. Jesus has given us an acrostic here. Ask, seek, and knock. And Jesus says, everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. So Jesus is saying, listen, ask, seek, knock. Now, I want you to help you to understand something. I'm not trying to impress you, and I certainly don't want to bore you with Greek, but this is very important that you understand. Listen close and take notes. In Greek grammar, there are three verbs. We have three verbs here. Ask, seek, knock. And these verbs are imperative. Imperatives. There are two basic kinds of imperatives in the New Testament. There are aortist imperatives, which is a command to do something at one particular time. Aorist, if you're taking notes, A-O-R-I-S-T. And that's a command to do something now and do it at one time. And then there is the present imperative, which is a command to keep on doing something indefinitely. So you have one imperative means to do it and do it now. One time, that's it. But then you have the present imperative, which means to do something and to keep on doing it and do it indefinitely. What Jesus is saying here is ask, seek, and knock. They are in the present imperatives, which means we are to ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. Notice in verse 10 in your Bibles, for everyone who continues to ask continues to receive, and he who continues to seek continues to find, and he who continues to knock, it will be open. What this is saying is our asking, our seeking, and our knocking should be a lifestyle. We should be people, that's why the Bible says that we are to pray without ceasing. We should always be asking. We should continually seek. And we should continually knock. We should be people of prayer. That's why I don't not concern with what other churches do. I know that in the US, you'd be surprised, but there are very few churches that have a all church prayer meeting on a monthly 
basis or even a yearly basis. Some churches have like given up on prayer and everybody's just going to pray and that's the end of it. Listen, don't you know, I told you just last Saturday, we had an all-church prayer meeting. We have a monthly all-church prayer meeting. And just last Saturday, we had more than 120 people in that prayer meeting. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? And it is awesome because... I was blessed to see so many people come out and pray because we need to be people of prayer. And we don't need to be people of prayer. Listen, we don't need to be people of prayer who only pray in an emergency. Because you let an emergency happen, boy, everybody praying. Everybody praying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 9-11, church was packed. 9-11 church around the United States Every church was packed to the hilt. Our church, we had three services, and all three services, we had people out the doors in chairs, all the way back to the cafe, and all the way back on the administrative side. It was packed after 9-11. And about three, four weeks later, after everybody calmed down, uh, people, church was back to normal. In an emergency, people pray. You have an emergency in your house, you start praying, Lord, if you do this, Lord, if you do that, God, we shouldn't be people, we shouldn't be people who pray only in an emergency. And I think the reason why we don't pray in the church, I told you this last week, please forgive me, I tell you again. The reason why we don't pray in the church today, because I don't believe that we really believe that we really need to be praying. We don't. You know why? Because if you really believe that you really needed to pray, you would. I just can't seem to find the time. You find the time for everything else? Ask you about the latest movie? Yeah, oh, that was a good movie, child. You got to go see that movie. Television show coming on? Oh, 24 coming on next week. I can't wait. See, y'all think I'm passing on? No, I know what's going on in the world. Y'all think I'm living a hole. I know what's happening. Oh, American Idol starting, boy. I'm going TiVo. You got time for everything else? You got time for prayer? Jesus said, could you pray one hour? You got one hour? And in your entire week, you have one hour. Of course you do. Got five minutes? Of course you do. We need to be people of prayer, continually to seek, and to, it should be a lifestyle. Now, listen. When Jesus says, everyone who asks, does everyone mean everyone? Well, listen, not, watch this, not exactly. What do you mean, Rodney? Remember, I just told you that prayer is based on sonship and not what? Friendship. Very good. Prayer is based on sonship and not friendship. So everyone is referring to every born again Christian. Everyone refers to those who are children of God. Contrary to popular opinion, listen, we are not, listen, I'm going to say something that is completely not politically correct. Okay? Okay? Nothing new. Thank you. We are not all children of God. People say, well, everybody, we're all children of God. Listen, forget that. It's not a matter of being politically correct or not. It's a matter of being biblically correct or not. And what is biblically correct is that we are not all children of God. Now, we are all God's creatures, and we are all created by God. He is the creator of everything. But we're not all children of God, and God is not everyone's father. In order for God to be your father, you have to become his son. 
or you have to become his child. In order for you to be a child of God, you've got to receive Jesus, the Son of God, into your heart and be born again, and then you are a child of God, and then God is your Father. Are you getting me? So everybody is not God's child. We're all God's creations, and he is the creator. And God, in his providential care and common grace, he sustains and he provides for all people. Sun, rain, food, health, that's God's grace. And whether you know him or you don't know him, you need to be thankful because he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. And even if, I'll wait while you clap your hands. And even if, listen, and even if you don't know him and you're not a Christian, you still need to be thankful because God has blessed you. What do you mean, Rodney? You don't even know me. You mean I'm blessed. I know you're blessed. You know how I know you're blessed? Because you woke up this morning. Right? You woke up this morning. And you're blessed. And even if you don't know the Lord, God has blessed you. God's hand is upon you. He reigns on the just as well as the unjust. And the prayer that God will hear from you is the prayer when you say, Lord, come into my heart. I repent of my sin. I want to be born again. I believe in your son. Is that prayer? God does hear from you. And then you become a child of God. But everyone who asks refers to Jesus, his disciples in the context, also his children and everyone who was born again. Now, let me give you five if you're taking notes and you're still with me. Let me give you five important points about asking. Number one, we are to ask in prayer. John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and I in you, you can ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. We should ask in prayer. You know, somebody once said that one of the greatest needs in the church today is prayer. Y'all agree with that? John Maxwell said the detonator that churches lack today is prayer. It has the power to ignite the dynamite of the gospel and powerfully shake the world. Prayer. We need to be people of prayer. We need to pray for Haiti. I was watching uh, uh, CNN this morning. And you know how we have our logo says help for Haiti. CNN has saving Haiti. And I read that and I thought, CNN ain't saving nobody. Jesus saved. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. Saving Haiti? CNN ain't saving Haiti. I don't care what you do for Haiti. You're not saving Haiti. What Haiti needs is prayer. What Haiti needs, and this is a whole other topic, we won't go there, but what Haiti needs is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Point number one, ask in prayer. I got to move quick because I got to meet at 2 o'clock. Okay, ask in prayer. Number two, ask in his name. You write this down. John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Did you get that? Now, there's some people who think that adding the name of Jesus is like, is like having, like, signing a blank check. Like, if they pray and whatever they ask, if after their prayer they say, in Jesus' name, that God is obligated to do that thing that they asked. You know, like, in Jesus' name is almost like a sign-off. Like Roger Dodger. 
10-4, good buddy. Over and out. People do that. So you pray a prayer, and if you say in Jesus' name, they think, well, just because I said in Jesus' name, then God is obligated to answer the prayer the way that I want him to. Listen, no, no. To ask in Jesus' name, what does that mean, Rodney? To ask in Jesus' name, if you're taking notes, it means that you're asking for what is in the nature and the character of Jesus and what is in harmony with his will and what's in harmony with his plan and his purpose. You know, John chap- pardon me, James chapter 4, verse 3 says, You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss, that you might spend it on your own pleasures. You see, if you say in Jesus' name, but what you're asking for isn't in harmony with the will of God, then that prayer will be answered no, because you aren't praying according to his character and according to his nature. Ask in prayer, ask in his name, and here's a biggie. Watch this. Ask humbly. Ask humbly. 1 Peter 5, 5. God resists the proud, somebody help me, but gives grace to the... Y'all know do y'all know that or not? He resists the proud but gives grace to the what? To the humble. You know that. You know, I think it's important for us to remember whose door we're knocking on. When you're asking, remember you're talking to the creator of the world. Remember you're talking to God and you need to reverence him. We talked about this as God. No more than you want your children to reverence you as parent. You know how your kids are. We all had them where Every now and then, you ask them to do something, and they get uh, a little attitudinal. I just made that word up. You ought to write that down. That's good. And you look at them, they get a little, little, little bit of attitude. And you go, excuse me? And my mom's sitting right here, so y'all go easy. And she, excuse me? Oh, you need to know who, you need to recognize who you're talking to. You're talking to someone who's not on your level. God is not on your level. That's why when people say to me, well, man, man, hey, man, you know Jesus? Oh, yeah, me and the the man upstairs, we we tight. Excuse me. He's not the man upstairs. He's God. He's not the big kahuna. He's not the big cheese. He's not your homie. I personally think it's a little irreverent to call God your homie. Am I the only one? And y'all look at me like I'm crazy. Am I the only one? I think that's a little irreverent. God's not your homie. He's God. Hello, people, listen. He's the one that spans the universe. The whole universe. God can put the whole universe in the span of his hand. He's the one who flung the stars into space and named every billions of them and named every one of them. He knows them by name. Matthew chapter 10, verse 30 tells us that he knows the number of the very hairs on your head. Now, for some of us, that's easy to know. (laughs) For some of us, it's a little more difficult. But he does. And we need to ask persistently. Let's move forward. Or I like to call this shameless persistence, like the neighbor who kept knocking at the door for his friend. I think of Genesis chapter 18 as Abraham kept praying for God to spare Sodom and Gomorrah. You know the story? And Abraham started haggling with God and said, God, if there are 50 righteous people, would you spare the city? Couldn't find 50 righteous people. Abraham said, God, what if I can find 45? Couldn't find 45. How about 40? Couldn't find 40. 30? Couldn't find 30. 20? Couldn't find 20. God, would you consider 10? 
can find 10 righteous people in the city. They couldn't find 10 righteous people in the city. And you know the story. Lot and his family got out of the city and God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. The point of the parable is when we aren't sure whether or not our request is God's will or not, then keep asking until we receive an answer from God. And then finally, we're to ask according to his will. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You know what that tells us? That tells us that you cannot have anything you want. God is not the cosmic bellhop. Some folks treat him like that, don't they? Like he's just, he shows up with a little white towel over his arm. Yes, what can I get you? Well, I'd like a pink polka dotted Cadillac. <laughs> All right, coming right up. People act that way. God is not here to serve you. You can't ask for what you want. You have to ask according to his will. God's not concerned with what you want. God is concerned with what you need. Can you say a better amen than that? God's concerned with what you need. Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. In other words, you will get an answer to your prayers. Sometimes it's wait. Listen, sometimes it's wait. And sometimes it's yes. And sometimes it's no. By the way, no is an answer. I know that you don't like that. No is an answer, but no is an answer. And me personally, I thank God that God, some of the stupid things I ask God to do, and hindsight is 2020. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I ask God for some stupid things, and God said no. And then I look back and I go, Lord, thank you. I was going to kill myself. If God would have said yes to that, I'd be dead. You know what I'm talking about, fellas. When you saw that girl in school and you... Oh, she, you thought she was fine. <laughs> and you were like, oh, Lord, oh, God, she's so, oh, Lord, she's so pretty. And then you can't get out your mind. And you just, oh, she's so pretty. Lord, you can't get out your mind. You, in your mind, you're running through the tulips. <laughs> and you, you're just like, oh. And you run to each other, and then you, like, Eskimo knows each other. You just can't. Oh, it's like, God, please let me marry this girl. I got to marry her. God, if you let me marry her, I tell you, I serve you all my life. Please let me. You know how you do all that. I'm going to serve you all my life if you let me marry her. God says no. And then some years later, you see her. And you go, God, thank you. in a minute. How you been? Ooh, life's been hard, huh? <laughs> you been like, <laughs> Lord, thank you for saying no. <laughs> I know you know the end from the beginning. God, thank you. I think God in times where God knows, see, and that's why we have to trust him. That listen, that's why you got to trust him. That's why you don't know. You don't know. You think you know. You don't know anything. You don't know what you're going to have for lunch at the church today. You don't know. God knows. And God loves you. And he does, watch this, everything for your good and for his glory. Everything he does for your good and for his glory. That's why you got to trust him. That's why if he says no, it's all good. God, you know I don't. I don't want to live with regrets. 
I want to serve you. So no is a good answer. Finally, we wrap it up here. We're to pray expectantly in verses 11 through 13. We just read it. Now, in friendship, you know how to ask. Are you listening? In friendship, you know how to ask. Well, put it in sonship. If a son should ask for bread of any father, will you give him a stone and say, here, chew on this, kid? If a son asks for fish, will you give him a snake? What kind of father is that? And if a son asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? What kind of dad is that? Now, if you, being evil, know how to give good Xboxes to your children, <laughs> it's in the Greek. Y'all should just read the Bible. You would know that. The problem's not me, it's you. If you know how to give stuff to your kids, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So now you ask the question, if you're born again, Rodney, all this sonship stuff, and you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, if you're already filled with the Holy Spirit, then why is Jesus talking about in the context of sonship being filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, because the Bible tells us, listen, that we are to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, when we become a Christian, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. But then each and every day we need to say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. You know, you look through the book of Acts and you can see that on the day of Pentecost, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But then as you keep traveling through the book of Acts, they would go out and be beaten and and be sent back out on the street. And the Bible would say that they were then filled with the Holy Spirit, even after Pentecost. Are y'all with me? Okay, and then in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, 18, it tells us, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the Greek language, that means to be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Your life experience should be asking God every day to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You see, you got to understand something here. People say, are you spirit-filled? As if it's being spirit-filled is a title. Spirit-filled, being a spirit-filled believer or being a spirit-filled Christian is not not a title, it's a condition. Write that down. Being filled with the Spirit and a spirit-filled Christian is not a title, it's a condition. We are filled with the Holy Spirit and thus every day we need to ask the Lord to fill us with the Holy Spirit. It was D.L. Moody who... One day, um, someone came to to him and said, if you are a spirit-filled Christian, then why are you always asking God to fill you again? And he said, because I leak. (laughs) Amen. We leak. If you don't think you leak, get out there on that 440 tomorrow morning, and somebody cut you off, and you'll be leaking. Somebody cut you off, you leak it all over the freeway. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I got Christian bumper stickers on my car. I got to be a good witness. But You're leaking, man. You're leaking. You need to be filled with the Spirit every day. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me so that I can be used by you every single day. Let me leave you with this and un known confederate soldier wrote this he said i asked god for strength that i might achieve i was made weak that i might learn to learn to humbly obey i asked for health that i might do greater things i was given infirmity that i might do better things i asked for riches that i might be happy i was given poverty that i might be wise i asked for power that i might have the praise of men and i was given weakness that i might feel the need of god i asked for all things that i might enjoy life and i was given life that i might enjoy all things 
I got nothing that I asked for, but everything that I had hoped for, almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered, and I am among all men most richly blessed. My question to you, are you blessed today? Are you blessed today? Of course you are. We are blessed because we serve a great God. We serve an awesome God, a God that can reach Haiti. Our God can be with the believers in Haiti and be with the believers in India and be with the believers in, in Indonesia and be with the believers in Israel and be with the believers in Apex, North Carolina. We serve an awesome, awesome God. We are most richly blessed. Don't forget that. And when things aren't going your way, except wait. Except no. Because God knows. Because he loves you. Amen. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.